The Needle and the Mouse, episode 18. It's Sunday, the 26th of January, 2014. I'm Dan Fromer, joined as usual by Lauren Sherman. Hello. And today we have fashion social media expert Elizabeth Monson joining us in the studio. Hi. I'm our very se- excited. Our second official live in-studio guest. There was a third unofficial one, but that one will never be uh, released. The Make It Live. The last episode. episode, yeah. Does yeah, Ralfred count? Ralfred, yeah, Ralfred is a is our sidekick. <laughs> He's kind of like the um also joined by Ralfred the dog. Yeah. Uh so Lauren, why don't you get us started today with uh the news? <laughs> the news that I got screwed over at Zara. Yeah, we had a very bad retail e-commerce collision yesterday and you should tell us yeah. what happened. So over the past year, I've been writing a lot about like omni-channel stuff, and I know that that's a jargon word, but it's just the easiest way for me to describe it, which is, you know, shopping online to brick and mortar, which is another jargon word, but like being able to order something online, pick it up in the store two hours later, or order something online, get it delivered home, and you know, drop it if you don't like it, you can return it in the store. All that kind of stuff is what. Omnichannel is and what a lot of retailers are trying to like make more, a bigger part of their offerings. Yeah, and these are especially retailers that have been slow and or shitty at e-commerce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, but I think a lot of the e-commerce leaders or or retail leaders are actually doing the best job at this. Um, so Zara launched e-commerce in the U.S. I guess like a year, a year and a half ago. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it was a huge deal because they didn't have it for a really long time. A big reason they didn't have it is because the U.S. is so big that to have an online store that has everything for every you know area of the country is really hard for a fast fashion brand that produces products so quickly. Um, it just logistically was really difficult for them, and they pride themselves on their logistics, so they waited to get it exactly right. Um, Why is it harder for them than, say, Gap, which has had e-commerce for, I don't know, five, ten years? Uh, Elizabeth, you sh- you probably know this better than me, but I would think that Zara has way more actual product, way mm-hmm. more SKUs. Yeah, I think that they would have a lot of SKUs, yeah. although Gap certainly has a lot as well. I think yeah. another part is the fact that they're a European company and doing something correctly in the U.S. and being able to have distribution, yeah. like fulfillment, yeah. all of that is probably just a little bit more complicated. Although if you look at Uniqlo, you have a great example of how to do e-commerce incorrectly in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a ju- completely disaster, and they're well, it, str- struggling to redo it now. But it's, it's a very similar thing. I mean, it's just doing e-commerce in the U.S. with distribution is a big thing. I've actually been to the Zara Distribution Center in Massachusetts. They use this, like, mid-level company um, to do their distribution, but it's just hard to find the right people. It's hard to make it happen. So when they launched, you know, I have I don't shop a lot in Zara stores, A, because – not to sound all high and mighty, but I really try not to buy a lot of fast fashion, quote unquote, because I just feel like when I buy something that's a little more expensive, a little more well-made, I wear it a lot longer. And also because I don't need a bunch of stuff. So I really try hard not to to shop on the cheap a lot because I feel like it just ends up being a waste of money. But um, I have gone on to Zara. Zara has great stuff. Like it looks good no matter what you think the price point is yeah um, they're very on trend in a 
elevated way. Yeah. So I have bought stuff online there a couple of times and I tend to, cause it's so cheap. I'll buy a bunch of stuff and then return half of it. Cause it's just like that way I can try stuff on. And the instead f- of going into the hellish store, you basically bring that experience to the, to your house. Yeah. Because they have all the, they have the, the sizes, they have the colors, they have everything. If, which is what I would love to do with Uniqlo because my success ratio of gene sizing there is less than 10%, I would say. Yeah, so so I've done that a couple of times, and I've definitely returned stuff to Zara before I'd not had a problem. Like, it's been really easy. I always pay through PayPal. Um, it's just like a re- – it's been a seamless experience. But this last time I bought three things, two sweaters and a pair of pants. The pants, like, looked bad anyway, but they also had a hole in them, and they were thir- on sale for $30. So – um, I went back to the, the pants arrived with a hole in them. Yes. Huh. Yeah. So I mean, it, again, this is not. These are not super high quality clothes. They're not terrible quality, but they're not. They're also thirty dollars. Like you can't. So I I've been waiting to return them. We were going to Soho anyway to go to dinner. So I thought, oh, I'll stop by Zara on the way, drop off these pants, and be done with it. And I brought what I thought was my paper receipt. What I realized with the is that they don't actually give you a paper receipt. They give you a mailing label to return it and instructions on how to go online and essentially pull out the... But you have to basically fill in a request form to return something in the store, which I don't remember doing this the last time I returned something there. I must have done it. And and this the last time I returned something there was only a few months ago, but I really don't remember that step. I didn't do that when I returned no. something there. So maybe this is a new thing. Um, so I and got that makes sense to do it for an online return where you're shipping it back to them. Yeah. But if – yeah. So I, I saw – so I got in line, started talking to the guy. He said, well – I said – I pulled up my receipt from my email that had my confirmation number. You know, I'm obviously not – I didn't steal these and I'm trying to, like, get store credit or whatever. And first of all, tell, you have to wait in line. So I waited in line for probably 20 minutes, um, which I was like, well, this line actually isn't that bad. The, uh, the line upstairs in the women's section was terrible. I went down to the men's. It was a little better. I waited in line. Have my my form confirmation number plus the you know the mailing label that they they give you for free to to send back plus the you know the pants with the tag still on them and I was like you know I just want to get my return here's my confirmation number and he said well you need this other code that you need to get by regi- like by requesting a return on the website well I couldn't get at first he tried to call the yeah, so first, before he even said that, he tried to call the customer service line, which closed at 2 p.m. on a Saturday. And so we were there at, like, 4.30 p.m. So he said, you know, you really need to go online and, and do a request and get this four-digit code, and then we can give you your money back. So I went up back, and he's like, you don't have to wait in line again. Just go upstairs. I went upstairs. I, went, I logged on to Zara. I'm in my my thing, and something was wrong with their website. I could request a return via mail I could request to drop off there was like a quote-unquote drop-off return which I don't really understand what that means but when it came to the store return it just wasn't working the the website was there was something wrong with it it kept like timing out and so I went back downstairs and I said this is how far I got I showed him you know screenshots and so he called another manager she made me 
walk her through it because she did not believe me that it didn't work. And then she was like, well, I, and I said, you know, this is kind of silly. I have my confirmation number. I have a receipt. I have, I'm in my account. I don't understand why you can't, you know, charge this back to my card. And, you know, if I had come in initially and they had just said, all we can do is give you store credit, I probably would have been fine with it. But at that point, I'd been there for almost 40 minutes and I wanted my 30 bucks back. And so she's like, well, let me go talk to my, my manager. And so she comes back to me and is like, you should have called, you should have come in before 2 PM. <laughs> and I was like, um, and, and I, I should say, preface this all by saying that I am in general, extremely, um, impatient when it comes to this kind of stuff. And that day, yesterday, I was being extremely patient and courteous because I just did not want to be nasty and I, that never works anyway. So I just figured if I was nice that they would help me. And instead she was like, well, you should have done that. And if you can't get the code, we can't give you the money back. My manager says we could give you an exchange for these crappy pants. And I was like, that was it. I literally threw my hands up in the air and said, this is effing ridiculous and walked out. And I did freak out at, at the end. <laughs> so, so. But you're right. This, this is bullshit and this can't happen. Like, period. No. There's no, absolutely zero places and times when this should be the way that it works. Like, if you're going to, I realize that the online store and the retail stores have different accounting, different P&L, all this shit. It doesn't matter. Like, deal with it yourself. You should not be making a customer ever walk through all these steps just to return something with a hole in it. Yeah. So yeah. I think even putting in a code to request a return is silly. Yeah. It's, it just seems like a lot of steps. And, and it was funny because then we went to APC and I was really upset and ended up buying two pairs of jeans at APC that I'll probably own for the rest of my life, but were far, far more expensive. And I was telling the girl about that experience. And she was like, you know, I just kind of feel like Zara, the whole point is that they don't want you to return anything. So they're going to make it really hard. And I really will not, I will be much warier about buying stuff there now because hey, I'm never going in the store. So I'm never going to try anything on before, before I buy it. And honestly, even if I do go in the store, I'm not going to try it on because it's just too stressful. Um, and maybe, you know, the places I have bought stuff in store in Zara are like, in other countries where it's not as crazy. Yeah. Like I bought something at Zara in Brazil because it was a nice shopping experience. But um, I think that, you know, the, the, all this like brick to mortar stuff, all this web to store, web, web to like real life store stuff is great and, and needs to be a huge focus for retailers because People aren't going to stop shopping in stores, but they're also shopping so much online that you do need to connect the two. But if you're not going to do it right, then it's just going to turn people off altogether. Yeah. And I think that making the return process easier actually prompts people to shop. Obviously, you don't want to have high return rates. No. So you don't want to make it too easy. But at the same time, if you know that you're going to have a seamless experience working with the customer service or web people or store people, you're more likely to transact with that business. Totally. And, and there are also a lot of startups who are, that are working on, um, creating better 
um, sizing tools and stuff for users so that there are less return rates. Like, if I had known that the one of the big reasons, I mean, other than the massive hole in the seam um, that I returned the pants was because they were like a, a length probably a 34, 36-inch length, and I have really short inseam on my legs, and they were kind of legging, so I just assumed they would hit the ankle. And if I had known that they were that long in length, which it did not say in the description, um, or if there was some tool that, you know, the website already knew kind of my measurements and what would fit me and what wouldn't, I wouldn't have ended up buying them, and none of this would have happened. So, um, yeah, it was just a lesson, I think, about how far retailers are and and how much farther they need to get. And also just, like, thinking about more about fast fashion and and whether or not, you know, I should be indulging in it is is, was the big takeaway. But there is another thing about fast fashion that we wanted to talk about today. Um, Peter Pilato is doing the next Target collaboration – I don't, do you know what that is from? Or? Why don't you guys talk about yeah. that, and then I'll talk about something di- different. Yeah, Elizabeth, do you want to well, explain so what's going on? I have to say that I really do love Target collaborations. I think they're fun. I think it makes fashion accessible, and I feel like a lot of the styles suit the kind of things that I like to wear. Yeah. Um, so I definitely purchased a lot of the Philip Lim collaboration. Yeah, it was great. And then also had a, a good in-store return experience. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> um <laughs> But so this latest one is being sold on Net-A-Porter, which I just think is really interesting because Net-A-Porter is obviously a very high fashion luxury website. Yeah. And the fact that they're selling a Target collaboration for a brand that I'm not sure if they carry. Oh, yeah. I think they do. Yeah, totally. Um, So the fact that they're selling his Target collaboration, I just think is super interesting that they're trying to dip into lower priced. Is Target also selling it? I'm sure that they yeah, are. Yeah, okay. of course. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded weird for a second. And it's probably on Target's website as well. I'm, it's oh, probably yeah. the same distribution that they would normally do. But the fact that they are trying to get additional reach or some sort of like validity through selling on Net-A-Porter. Yeah. They did when, when Proenza Schooler did one, they sold it at opening ceremony. Oh, really? And I, because I went, I remember I like told my boss that I had, um, it was when I was working at a financial magazine, so you couldn't just be like, I'm going to opening ceremony to stand in line to wait for the prawns of schooler. So I think I said it like I had a dentist appointment or something. And I went <laughs> and waited in line and bought a bunch of stuff. But, um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think the most interesting thing about it is the fact that they have the full price stuff on there. And, and I think those lines are great, too. What I've noticed about them in the last couple in particular is they're really similar to what the what the um, real stuff looks like. Yeah. I was kind of annoyed because I bought a vest with this, like, floral print and kind of like a scuba style, and they're yeah. using the same print in the Target collaboration. Yeah. So that is, like, that's the one thing about it. I love them, too, and I buy stuff from every single one. And even when I'm, like, I'm not going to go and I don't go to the press event, like the Isabel Marant for H&M, I didn't go to the press event, and then I went the next day. <laughs> not I didn't stand in line. I just, like, went randomly at lunch, and they actually had some stuff left, and I bought a coat. But um, I – yeah, it's interesting because they do sell the full price stuff online. And, I mean, I guess the other big thing is that it will 
I'm assuming it'll also be available for people in the UK who couldn't get the Target collaboration uh, stuff. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's sure. interesting. But what do you think about this stuff, Rome? I mean, the Philip Lim, they had menswear stuff. Do you, like, would you be excited if, I mean, I know that, you know, your favorite designer is J. Crew, so <laughs> they're not going to do, <laughs> like, a Target collaboration. But if, if there was a Stephen Allen for Target. Would you be all up in that? Yeah, I would check it out. Definitely. I still have a pro- I still feel insulted when I spend more than 60 or 70 bucks on a shirt. <laughs> so when they're 168 retail, that's a non-starter. Yeah. And if they had some $60 shirts somewhere, I would definitely check that out. I think it's also interesting if you like look at technology stuff to tie it back. There's only recently, I would say probably um, the opportunity to choose between like the more expensive version and the less expensive version, but yeah. you're not choosing between quality in a lot of those cases. Like if you yeah. buy the iPhone 5S versus the 5C, you're not opting for like a device that was made in a different factory with less expensive or like. Well, it's just it's, last year's phone. Yeah. In a different body. Right. Well, uh, actually, Lauren bought me some Liberty for Target. Oh yeah, stuff. Oh. Uh, I bet you. The wow, almost three years ago. Yeah. And the the one pair of boxers just finally gave out yesterday. <laughs> I rent. I bent over and rip, which is probably about the same life as I get out of a Gap or J Crew or Uniqlo boxer. So that's pretty good. Three yeah, years, yeah. I would say. Uh, and that tie is pretty cool. I have it. It yeah, does, it's, it's not like the be, the best quality fabric. I I can tell that it's not as good as right. other stuff, but it's pretty good. Like it's not junk. It's definitely not like old navy where you feel like you're wearing paper or like <laughs> you know, paper towel. It's right. interesting that there's such a big difference between old navy quality and gap quality. Um, yeah. That you, that well, you've from a men's that. boxer's perspective specifically, which is the only thing that I can well no that's not true uh they just feel cheaper and and for whatever reason sweatier uh but things like dre- like even like button up shirts you can really tell like the stitching is crappier and the buttons are not as nice and yeah. the fabric just has a cheaper feeling to yeah. it yeah but anyway that those target things were all right and i would yeah like if Stephen allen or someone like that did a target thing i'd be a, i'd check that out yeah. I'm not going to go to Target on Atlantic Avenue no. to try it out. <laughs> I'm, well, I might. But if there were a web way to do it, I would check that out. When one of my friends was really excited about buying Isabel Marant for H&M and tried to log onto the site, and obviously it was crashing and you couldn't yeah. really get through. And she ended up calling the customer service line. And they said that what people did was that they called customer service and placed orders over the phone. Oh my, that's to so get, old school. I know. But it worked because they yeah. could place them directly. And you wouldn't desperate have Desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah. yeah. That's really That's smart. omnichannel. Yeah. yeah. That is, that's some omnichannel. <laughs> that's like Maybe. when I used to call up the radio show to get concert tickets or something yeah. like that. Not an effective way of getting concert tickets. I, I remember calling at like and being on the phone for hours with Ticketmaster waiting to get through to get concert tickets. Well, did you ever place like an order from a catalog over the phone? You know, when J. Crew, I've definitely ordered bathing suits. 
Yeah. And the J because that was J Crew was not when I was in high school. Um, was not there was no J Crew. I grew up in Pittsburgh, and there was no there's there are a few J Crews there now. I think like maybe the fancy mall got one when I was a senior, but. I shopped from the. I would like save up my money and shop from the J Crew catalog, and no one else did that. There were like two or three other people that I went to high school with. That Dishes like, are done. Knew, thank you. <laughs> knew that um, J Crew existed, but I would call. I remember specifically the bathing suits, um, calling and um, because the bathing suits would be, you would have to order them like four months ahead of summer because they would sell out. So I remember like being on the phone a lot calling about bathing suits being like, do you have this? Because they would sell out really quickly. But did you do it ever? I think I ordered from J crew catalog over the phone. Probably also Delia's. Mac stuff. (laughs) Oh, Delia's. Yeah. Over the phone. Mac mall, that kind of stuff. (laughs) I feel like I can imagine. Yeah. I feel like I probably called when I had no money to, and just like ask them questions because <laughs> I was like such a fantasizer about buying stuff. The deal, I don't think I ever bought anything from the Delia's catalog when I was growing up because it, it used to be more, I feel like it was more expensive. Maybe not. Maybe it was just that I was 12. Yeah. And it felt expensive because now it's so cheap that like I just remember being like, I could never afford anything in the Delia's catalog. <laughs> and now it's like, pants or 20 bucks or whatever it just i love to crazy. imagine thinking of you calling them just to chat yeah <laughs> i really do think i probably called and was like what what is the fit for these or whatever or something like that i can only imagine the questions that they get and like the pop-ups on websites yeah. that are customer service live chat it's like yeah. can we help you yeah that's so annoying I hate that. I kind of, I wish that you could like be like, no, I will never use this so that they don't, there are a couple websites that do it like very, very frequently. frequently. It's really bad one. Yeah. I just said a retailer that I really like under, under my breath there. It's terrible. Cool. um, Uh, (laughs) You had an interesting idea for a topic. Uh, Elizabeth. Yeah. Ear selfies. Yeah. What's that about? (laughs) So lately I've been noticing whenever I'm on Instagram, I would say every single time I check my Instagram, I find a photo of someone's ear and it's because earrings and cool ear piercings are so trendy right now, but Mm. I just think it's funny that people are taking photos of their ears and sharing them as a matter of pride. Yeah. Do you you ever see like earwax coming out of them or are people people clean their good job cleaning the ear first? Yeah. I think if you're going to take an ear selfie, you you know that your ear looks cool. I guess you can see it before you post it too. Yeah. Do you have a lot of ear piercings? No. I just have the two that I got when I was nine. Yeah. I I got a second hole in like second grade. My mom was very progressive because she used to have like like six or seven up one side um, in the seventies or whatever. But I let that one close up, and then I got one on. I mean, what is this part of your ear? Cartilage. cartilage. The cartilage. When I was in middle school or high school, and it was such a painful experience. I, and I know a lot of people like I just physically could not bother with it like you have to clean clean it out every I know a lot of people have gotten it and then just let it close up because it's not like having a lot of piercings is quite a bit of maintenance yeah I like the look (laughs) and I'll be honest I went to go get a second piercing 
And then they made me wait, and I freaked out and yeah. decided I didn't want it, actually. <laughs> like, it was a big commitment to get a second piercing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like an ear cuff or something is much... Can you grab Ralfred, Dan? Yeah, I'm on dog patrol. Um, an ear cuff or something is an easier way to do it. Um, but it is interesting that how... It kind of, like, speaks to how intimate people... How, much, how people don't realize how intimate things like Instagram are. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like we all know people who have accidentally posted like a naked photo of themselves in their mirror. Really? I know someone and I think you knew someone who did that too, right? It was like the Andrew Luck that photo. That was pretty great. They were, yeah. If you're ever going to post a photo at nighttime, double check that there's no reflective surfaces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or don't. I mean, I think it's great. Whoa. Okay. Can you grab... Grab him, Dan, so yeah. we could talk about your topic. Um, yeah, also just the niche things that become popular in a small group of yeah, fashion people. Yeah, it's very interesting. What do you think about um, shopping via Instagram? Do you think that that's something that is going to... It's definitely going to happen. Um, different people are doing it different ways. Like, I yeah. love how Eva Chen posts. She tags all of the brands that she's wearing in the photo, so yeah. you know... Um, there's obviously no links, so you can't shop through it. There's other people who are making apps that kind of like back end into it. Yeah. But someone's going to do it well soon. So here's my question about that. And maybe, Dan, this is for you. Why why can't you link an Instagram? Like, is it because they're anti – they can't be anti-commerce? I've never talked they? to them about it. My guess is that they uh, – it's a good way to prevent spam. Because although Instagram is one of those services where you have to follow people to see their photos, so it's not like you're just seeing a bunch of spam. Uh, I would say that's probably the biggest reason. I'm just guessing. Maybe uh, it also keeps Instagram within Instagram and not yeah. out in the web. Uh, they've also haven't like I know they're not lazy because they have added some features to Instagram, but like there's still no re. Official re re you know regram. There's no way to put links in your posts, which is I see like obviously you don't want to have spam, but I also see people now going out of their way who are trying to promote real things like shopping or something like that, mm -hmm. and they have to say click the link in my bio or something like yeah. that, which means that that's only going to last as long as that post. Which means that if someone goes back and sees that next week. And you've changed the link. They're going to go the wrong place. I, I don't want to see that they're, again, like being ignorant or lazy. But it almost seems like if they want Instagram to be more than what it is, then they should get their shit together with stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's also one of those things where right now it's a time when I'm sure that they've come up with really viable ways to make it work. But there's also kind of a cottage industry happening so that these other apps and other users can kind of test it and figure it out. And it's almost like a test and learn for Instagram. They can watch and see yeah. what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you have used, Elizabeth, um, the direct Instagram direct. Yeah. You're, you, you have used it more than I feel like our Elizabeth and I are in a book club together, yes. which I think I've discussed on the <laughs> podcast before, but I, I feel like our book club is, 
that's the only time I get Instagram directs. Yeah. Um, but when I, I saw someone from Instagram, I, her name is, I'm at a loss for her name right now, but she kind of runs lifestyle programming or something for Facebook and Instagram. Um, I forget her name, but, um, she said that like brand wise, like it was gap got on that immediately. Right. She said that they were really trying not to encourage brands to use it initially, that they really wanted it to be, um, you know, about the people to people. But what do you think about that? Do you think that that can work well for brands? Too? Yeah, I definitely think it could work well. Um, I mean, personally, I like it better than a Snapchat because yeah. I can take a photo and then post it later to my friends, whereas I don't always have Snapchat open. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think for brands, it's a great tool. And Instagram's even said, you know, it could be good for contests. It's good for like user generated content Yeah. for fashion brands. I think that there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity for like, we can style you or like give you information on how you could, you know, wear what you're wearing in your photo better. Um, totally. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity through direct. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, I definitely do not use Snapchat ever. I don't even have it downloaded to my phone. So <laughs> it's kind of, I think you'll get the same yeah. user base Snapchatting you as Instagram director. <laughs> um, All right. So. Now we're moving on to the review of the week. Yeah. And I should state in advance that I'm not – Historically, someone who uses a lot of grooming products. <laughs> grooming is male beauty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to wear like really hilarious cologne in middle school and high school, starting with CK1 and then getting into the uh, Hugo Boss great. collection mm. and then uh, later Curve for well, men. When wow. we started and dating. Abercrombie cologne. Never Axe body spray? Never Axe. Well, what? I had Axe as a joke because we got a bunch of it for free at the store I worked at. Uh. And we used to use Axe as like the toilet spray. <laughs> When we started dating, you had some really weird cologne in your... I don't think you ever used it, but it was like Adidas Sport or something. Well, I also had the Adidas Sport uh, 2004 Euro Cup, which I bought uh, at a Tesco in Slovakia. Wow. And uh, that was when I was backpacking across Europe and routinely smelled so bad that I needed to spray cologne instead of because bathing when we were camping in slovakia bathing was not so fun anyway was, was that the bottle that you had when we were when we started dating yep. oh yeah i think i might still have it somewhere Ew. uh it smells exactly what you would think that cologne you bought at tesco in slovakia should smell like <laughs> so gross. uh and it was probably like four dollars or something like that uh i paid six dollars for a tent at tesco in prague so i can't imagine cologne would cost much more than a tent no, anyway, I think so. then I recently got conned into buying a $100 bottle of, of Juniper Ridge cologne, and I still feel a little bad about that. I feel like I that. told you about this. Yeah, Elizabeth. you told yeah, me about that it. that was kind of annoying. I bought their tea. Which tastes like I have the tea. I have the pine tree tea. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to give it to us, we'll heal yeah. Well, at first, I was very just nervous to drink it because I thought I would have like an allergic reaction. And, and Yeah. Because uh, it's really like, this st- is pine tree. steeping. Yeah. Uh, but I do like my soap, and I really have been into some some nice uh, woodsy soaps recently. And uh, Lauren started. Lauren got me to start going to this hipster uh, barber shop like three or four years ago. And my my barber there, Andy Starkweather, who's an awesome guy, who's a musician and a uh, wonderfully 
consistent <laughs> and reliable and friendly barber. Who also does some high fashion stuff, which we just found which out Which we li- recently found out also uh, cuts the hair of fashionable people. Also apparently cuts the hair of Joshua Topolsky from The Verge. That's <laughs> But funny. that's a different story. Uh, anyway, Andy, <laughs> awesome dude. Awesome dude. I got to find out his Instagram name because you're going to want to check Stark him out. I think it's just Starkweather. It could be Starkweather, which is an awesome name. Hopefully yeah. it's a real name. He locked out. Yeah, yeah, that's a great name, especially if you're going to – by the way, uh, while you guys were talking, I looked up um, hashtag ear selfie. There's 422 posts. Yeah. I've never seen an ear selfie. I follow mostly guys and yeah. like airline pilots. So. <laughs> Really into yeah, they post pictures while they're flying and that's stuff. That's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. great actually. Well, I follow a lot of niche jewelry brands, so I yeah. guess that's why. But okay, Andy Starkweather on Instagram, spelled exactly how you would expect. Andy Starkweather. Um. Anyway, Andy has gotten it, Andy, always the entrepreneur, has gotten into a new little business called. Starkweather's Stark <laughs> Organic Beard Oil, 0.5 ounces. This is the first product, which you can buy at Persons of Interest on Smith Street in Brooklyn. And if you're not Can you buy there, it at the one in Williamsburg, too? I don't think – I don't know. I've Good never question. seen it, and I go there for coffee. Well, yeah. this is new, like, as of a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. So I don't know. But I would say fly to Brooklyn, go to this – Persons of Interest on Smith Street and pick up a, a small bottle, which I believe are $20, and uh, seems like a good value because there seems to be a lot of, like, a nice, like, many months supply here. Uh, anyway, so organic beard oil, what is that? I had no idea what beard oil was. I had seen people talk about it. I've had a beard full-time now for four years, three years. The last time I shaved was right, right before our wedding, right? Yeah. That's weird. Um, so yes, almost three years without not having a beard. And I've never used beard oil before because I thought, wow, beard oil, great way to get shit on my shirt or feel really greasy during the day uh, or smell weird. Also, it's very expensive. Like I've thought about buying beard oil for you before and it's 60 or 70 bucks. And I just... Yeah, who even makes a good beard oil? Don't MCM? know. MCM? Juniper yeah, Ridge doesn't. I think I've tried to buy MCM. Do they? Maybe it's they very do, actually. expensive. I don't, I don't know. But I so, thought it was just cologne. It's actually... Right. And that's what I thought, too. And I haven't worn cologne since uh, since I got a, a bad reaction in the elevator in Harlem. The guy said... <laughs> when I lived in Harlem, the guy's like, what the fuck is that smell? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It smells terrible. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's my... Uh, what was that? American Crew or something like that? Ew, yeah. I forgot you had that, too. Anyway... <laughs> That was the last time I wore cologne. That was also during the days of my uh, leather jacket, leather car coat. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other episode. All right. Anyway, beard oil. Sounded scary. Didn't want to get involved with beard oil. Seemed like something that I didn't need in my life. I used to wear aftershave because that actually helps your skin, supposedly. Right. And would give a nice, like, sort of smell, but not overwhelming Like, that day that I shaved, I would know that I smelled my aftershave, but... It wasn't like overpowering. Like you wouldn't walk past someone and they'd be like, "Oh, that guy's wearing aftershave." Right. Like you wouldn't notice it. Um, so, anyway, have managed to avoid beard oil until now. And I saw Andy posting about how he has a beard oil business, and I said, "Yo, let me try out some beard oil." Well, he actually offered to give them away on Instagram, and I successfully 
got a freebie. So thanks, Andy. Nice. Full disclosure. This is a review unit. Um, and today I used Starkweather's organic beard oil for the first time. And the instructions are very simple. I, I, this is another thing. I was like, how do you put beard oil on? Is this a complicated yeah. process? Do I have to spend a lot of time? Are my hands going to get gross? Um, nope. After bathing, towel dry, beard till damp, apply three to six drops to fingertips and disperse through beard. Thoroughly comb or brush and pat beard into shape. Hmm. Well, I would say my beard is probably right now as long as it gets. So I used – first I used three drops and then went to six. Uh, it does not feel greasy at all. It, it feels pretty nice actually. I would say nicer than not having beard oil. Uh, and when I was putting it on, I could there was like a, a very subtle, sm- nice smell. I don't really smell anything right now, which it's, is fine. Do you smell it? It's very faint. Yeah, it's good. I love it though. It smells okay. great. Anyways, I really like it. What are the ingredients? Uh, good question. Ingredients: organic, cold pressed, cold pressed argan, apricot kernel, and jojoba. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Oils, pure essential oil fragrance. Hmm. Yeah, argan Here, oil is really yeah, great for you. Great. Uh, I would say don't drop it, but you could smell it if you want to. So does Mark use this kind of stuff, Elizabeth? He does not use a beard oil. Mm, that does smell nice. It's very light. Yeah, it's really um, nice. But he does grooming stuff, I would say. His hair is, like, p- very pretty, too. <laughs> and it's, like, a little bit longer, right? So he has to style it He a does the, bit. like, short on side, longer on top thing. Yeah. So he can – I like it when it's not styled, but he can do the whole whatever, like, pomade. Yeah. Combed back look. Um, but he he uses – different fragrances right now he has a ds and durga one that he really likes but their fragrances are extremely potent yeah so a little bit goes a long way i think we got some samples of that and is that what you got for me yeah and they were great but they're really strong yeah i haven't opened them yet but he's he does the same thing it's this whole men's grooming thing he goes to a bearded man yeah he has, okay. He's kind of rocking the pharaoh right now. What's that? <laughs> it's where your beard is longer at the tip. Oh, were we just talking about yeah. that? The pharaoh. <laughs> Are you going to do that? I've never you? done that. No, I'm I'm a uh, consistent length beard wearer. Yeah. Usually, uh, usually a number two uh, buzzer. What are they called? Clippers. Yeah. But I think it's a big opportunity right now for guys. Yeah. It, there's more masculine options out there. and it's Yeah. And that was always the thing. And I think maybe we've talked about this before on the show is that – my most of my life, the only options that I knew of were the awful Gillette fake smell, Gillette and like Edge or whatever the other one is mm-hmm. called, fake like ridiculous fake smell stuff, yeah, or like the old guys, old you know stuff, and then more recently like Nivea or uh, Neutrogena would make some stuff too, but that was very hit or miss. Also, like there was one. Neutrogena face wash that I really liked, but then they stopped making it, and now all the other stuff sucks. Yeah. Well, I think, and so I'm just completely done with that. But now there's like kind of a market of at least here in Brooklyn. I don't know. I'm sorry if you're listening in Tulsa, you probably can't find this well, stuff, you, or maybe you can, you can find it online. I don't know. For sure, find yeah. it online. But now it seems like this uh, kind of you know mountain man, very Definitely. natural, no fake bullshit smells. And I like it. Like, I, you know. I think that also men's grooming even kind of led 
the charge here, but like Mark uses Baxter of California, which is a cool brand. They totally. have great branding. Yeah. It's pretty available. Very, very simple. Good products. And I feel like women's beauty is now going towards a more natural Yeah. Like area. the Rodan stuff. Yeah. Which I love and like the Tata Harper. I really love the Rodan beauty the the branding mm-hmm. of that. Um but yeah, and I think we were just talking about our friend um, Andy Katz Mayfield launched hair. He's one of the co-founders of Harry's, which is that oh, shaving shave, line yeah. that's like the Warby Parker of shaving. And to me, I think Warby Parker is a really interesting business model and a, a, a good concept. But to me, I think razors, I think that business could be a million times bigger. I mean, there are literally only two companies that make razors for men. And now Andy and his business partner just bought um, his business. I think his business partner's name is Jeff Rader. Um, but they just bought the factory in Germany that they've been using to make the, oh, that's cool. Yeah. For like a hundred million dollars. I mean, obviously they didn't <laughs> buy it. Their investors did, but it, I think that there's a huge opportunity in, in everything, but especially in men's grooming to really kind of disrupt. And I think women's, there's always been a lot more options, but maybe not, none of them are really good. Yeah, I think that there's room for someone to do it really well. Totally. Also, Tristan Walker launched Bevel, which is shaving for... Oh, yeah. He wants me to try try it. You should. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have, yeah, you should try it for sure. I have neck, uh, neck beard issues, so... We'll see. Uh, all right. Anyway, so thumbs up on the uh, Stark Weathers organic beard oil. I'll, I will continue. Part of the problem with this sort of stuff is I just don't really remember when I'm in a hurry to use it. Uh, I'll definitely try to make it at least part of my lazy weekend routine and maybe every day. Uh, I don't yet know how it's going to work when my beard is trimmed and shorter, which is how I try to keep it when I'm in a professional environment. So we'll see about that. But so far... No, uh, no weird oiliness, and it's not coming off on my shirt that I can tell. So, thumbs up. So, are we done? I think that's a Let's, good uh, t- show. Yeah. Th- Thank you so much to Elizabeth Thanks Monson for, for joining me. us. How can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm at eb Monson, M O N S O N. Do you have a, a website or anything that mm. you? Well, I'm, I have ElizabethMonson.com, and I have a blog called Move Slightly. Which is great, um, that I buy a lot of Where is that? Off of. How does someone find that? It's MoveSlightly.com. Perfect. Why, you, should, you should promote it stronger, more well, strongly. I, I used not. to blog a lot, and now I don't blog so frequently. So. Yeah, well, welcome there, to the club. You, yeah. yeah. That's a, we'll talk about this That's offline, but topic. you just did a post that I really enjoyed and wanted Ooh. to buy stuff from. We'll talk about <laughs> it. Cool. Well, thanks, Shorts. Lauren. For Thank you. Being here. Thank you, Thanks Dan. Thanks to Ralfred for barking during the show. And we'll catch you in a couple weeks. You can always ask us questions at Needle and Mouse. I think that's our Twitter name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or go to our website, theneedleandthemouse.com. Hello at theneedleandthemouse.com is how you can email us. And uh, we are now posting our episodes on SoundCloud. So if you want to subscribe there, uh, or iTunes, always love that. And thanks to Apple for featuring us on iTunes. Yeah, thanks, Apple. Cool. And and one last thing, um, Fashion Month is coming up, and we always end up talking about it because it basically takes over my life. So if you have any specific questions about Fashion Month, like fat, 
fashion week or the fashion industry itself, it's a really good time to ask them so that we don't just talk about me complaining about how many there are too, how there are too many fashion shows. Okay. Cool. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks, Elizabeth.